Well, good morning, Fellowship family. It's really good to have you here on this week after Easter as we celebrate baptism. Uh, many of you come from a lot of different backgrounds when it comes to this concept of baptism. And so as we're going to be celebrating it in the lives of people, we want to, uh, as we practice it, we want to explain it. And that's why we're going to do a little bit of time of teaching now to explain what baptism is all about from a biblical standpoint. And then we're going to actually practice it. And, and you know what? We grow and we, um, we mature more when we not just, when we don't just talk about it and teach it, but when we actually practice it. So you're going to get both of that, both of those things this morning. It was great celebrating Easter with you down at TPAC. It's really good to be back here in our church home because we realize that Jesus is our remedy. He's our remedy for sin. He's our remedy for salvation. He's the one who united us back to God. He's the one who set us free from the law of sin and death. And he's the one who makes us alive to God. Boy, some of the stories, uh, many people came to Christ over this Easter weekend. One of the great stories that I remember is is a, a, a woman who invited her father to join us down at TPAC and then went home, had him over for dinner and around the Easter table, led him to Jesus Christ. What a great story of you not only just seeing the gospel, inviting your friends to, to listen to the gospel, but then following up. What did you think about that? And then you having the experience, you having... The relationship leading your family and friends to Christ. Boy, that's just awesome. I love to hear that, that uh, our church family is sharing their faith with their family and friends. You know, Paul teaches us the, the whole picture of what baptism is in Romans 6. And we were there for Easter, so I'm going to go there again. Because the passage just before what we read on Easter and the passage just after what we read on Easter talks about our identity in Christ and our identification with Christ and in Christ. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, he says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. And by the way, that's perhaps some of the strongest negative in the, in the Greek language. Meganoito is what it sounds like in Greek, but it really means no, never. Or in my paraphrase, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. That's not what salvation is all about. Is a license to sin because you've got your ticket out of hell. No, because of that, you are now in grace. You're no longer controlled by sin. Live as someone who's been set free. And that's exactly what he does. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that... Just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And then he explains to us what we studied on Easter, that we're now united to God through Christ. Once separated, united. Once under sin, now we're set free. And then once dead to God, now alive. So live as children of the light. And then verse 12, it says this, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who, those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. 
For sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under law, but under grace. You see, what Paul is basically saying is that baptism is an external picture of an internal reality. And so just like communion, we're to celebrate this until the Lord returns. The church is to celebrate baptism, a picture of it. Baptism does not save you. There are no mystical powers in this water. This is from the Topeka water system, okay? There's nothing, nothing magical, mysterious. It doesn't, you know, solidify your salvation as some teach. And it's not an act where you participate in your salvation. Everything that you have with God is because of his doing. Everything of your salvation is the work of God, not your own. But baptism is not meaningless. It has great purpose. As a matter of fact, it glories in the power of God. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead on resurrection morning is alive and at work in each of you who have trusted in Christ. So it celebrates, it celebrates three things. And I know I'm a pastor, so they all start with M. I'm going to make it easy for you. It celebrates, first of all, the moment. The moment when you were united to Christ or in Christ through faith. We celebrate this. It comes when you hear the gospel and God opens your eyes to the truth of the gospel and you see it, you get it, and you receive him. Last week we talked about how we, you know, our sin shows us a need for a remedy, right? And, and our sin, when you accept that, that, or acknowledge your sin, you also then are open to a savior coming into your life. And so when you acknowledge your sin and you believe Jesus as your remedy for it, and then you confess, you confess your sins to him and you would turn to him and trust in Christ alone. See, many of us have come from backgrounds where we think I do my part and God does his and together we make salvation. That God at the end of my life looks at my good deeds and he looks at my bad deeds and he weighs them. And if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, I'm in. If they're not, look out. That's not biblical. Everything we have from God is his work. It's a hundred percent his work. He opens our eyes and we like, you know, stranded people on a ship that's sinking. We reach out and we grab him because he saves us. He is our rescuer. And the result is on that moment is that we have been united in Christ. That becomes your identity. You were once in sin. Now, Paul, everything Paul talks about in the New Testament about your identity now, you're in Christ. You're on the right ship now. That ship's not sinking. You're alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's what we'll be celebrating the moment. And you'll hear in these testimonies of people, these stories of people when their lives intersected with God through Jesus Christ. You're going to hear that moment when they trusted in Christ. And we're going to celebrate that. But we're also going to celebrate a movement, a very spiritual reality that happened in their lives, a movement from death to life. And we celebrate that. And one of the pictures that we do is we practice immersion baptism, which means you go under the water. And uh, so when we put someone under the water, we literally say you were once dead in your transgressions and sin. And thankfully, we bring them up, right? Yes, and we bring them up. You've now been made alive to God through Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate, that movement from death to life. We were all once dead to God. 
But now through the gospel, we've been made alive to him. The New Testament church celebrated this. They didn't just celebrate this being united to God in Christ, but also this uniting to a family. That's why Paul says, we did this. All of us were once this way, but now we, and we too, were under sin, but now we're alive to God. We celebrate that. That movement from being buried in sin to raised to newness of life, to being separated from God into being united in Christ, to being enslaved to sin, now set free from sin. We celebrate that. And this is something we do as a family. And, and you identify when you get baptized, you then identified with the people of God. There's a lot of thoughts around on religion today that it's just between you and God, whatever you, you know, you and God decide that's good. And you take out the scriptures and their authority in your lives. Folks, that's not biblical. That's not right. We're called not only to be united to God, but be united to a family, a a church family where you do life together, where you live and follow Jesus together. Where your life bears with other people. People who are not like you. And we all grow deeper in our love and in our understanding. And we join a movement of God's people together. Where we celebrate his grace and we walk in his righteousness. So we're united in Christ. We're united to a family through movement. And then finally, momentum. We celebrate momentum. That last part of Romans 6, it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you, uh, to make you obey its passions. Rather, rather present your, yourselves to God as those, those who have been brought from death to life and your members to instruments, uh, members to God as instruments of righteousness. Basically, it says sin has no dominion over you anymore. We celebrate this momentum of a new kingdom that you're living for. You're no longer living for the kingdom of this world. You're living for the kingdom of righteousness through God and the gospel. That's why our mission here at Fellowship Bible Church is to advance the kingdom of God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Folks, you and we are going to be celebrating the kingdom of God in the lives of people. When you come to Christ... You lay it down at the cross. And you don't just lay down your past sins. You lay down even the purpose of your life because you're united to a purpose with Christ. It's no longer to be controlled and reigned and ruled by sin, but rather the grace and the righteousness of God. I think there's this picture in our culture that we value acceptance more than we value righteousness. And so we compromise righteousness so many times just to accept people. And you know what? I think we ought to accept everyone. Everyone. But it doesn't mean that we should ignore righteousness. Remember, someone gave me what they thought was a compliment. I love you, Pastor Joe. You don't judge me. I feel right at home at your church. I'm never judged. And that's okay. I'm glad that everyone feels welcome here. But folks... When we come to Jesus, we lay down our lives at the cross. That same Jesus who in each one of these nails was, as we celebrated the journey to the cross and we took our sin and we nailed it to the cross and we celebrated the forgiveness we have in Jesus, we lay down our lives. We lay down our purpose, our rights, so that Jesus can rule in our lives. You can't just tout 
my lifestyle or my way of doing things or the way I want to do life. And Jesus will just make those things come true for me. No, we align to his kingdom. We pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in my life as it is in heaven. And so we celebrate that momentum of moving, of all of us moving away from sin and into the newness of life that Jesus gives us towards righteousness and grace, towards following through obedience. Folks, we're united. We're united to a purpose of a daily presenting of ourselves to God. God, your way, your will in my life. And that's what these people who are going to be baptized are going to say. They celebrate the moment We celebrate their life being buried in sin to now being alive to God and Jesus Christ. And we celebrate the kingdom of righteousness in their lives. We want to do this as a family. We want to do this celebratory. We want to do this joyfully. And and you know what? You celebrate what matters to you. If KU or Kansas State, you know, if that, you know, turns your button and you just go, yes, I I celebrate. You know how to celebrate in those environments when they win or when they score. If someone were to say, hey, you just got a raise and you would celebrate that. I got a raise and all of a sudden your budget would start looking differently. You'd start thinking, what can I do with that money? When you have a child, you celebrate. I mean, everything changes on Facebook or Instagram. Everything. There's millions of pictures just fill up with your celebration of new life. And we as a church want to do the same. So as these people come out of the water, we want to applaud the work of God in their lives. This is not applauding them. This is applauding the work of God in their lives. And we want to do that with the same vigor and zeal that we cheer for our teams. So let it out. Let this church be a place that celebrates things that matter to God. And angels celebrate the work of God in heaven. Heaven's not this quiet place with terry cloth robes and harps. It is a loud celebratory place. It's going to be awesome. And there's going to be praise in the glory of God forever and ever. Let this church be a place where we do that. You're going to hear the stories of each of these people. Let us be a church that celebrates that. And I, I might want to say one other thing as I, as we, um, before we begin baptizing and And that's, there's places in this world where once you're baptized, once you go public with your faith, you will be persecuted. And we celebrate and we pray for those brothers and sisters in other places outside of our country who will be persecuted for their faith because they went public with it. We pray for them this morning. And I just want to say this. I think whenever you go public with your faith, you're marked. You're marked. You now align yourself with the kingdom of light and you are a target for the kingdom of darkness. And um, you can expect when you follow Jesus to suffer. You can expect when you follow Jesus to be tempted and tested. And I just want to say we need to pray for these people as they publicly profess their faith that they would that God would empower them to follow him faithfully throughout their lives. And we will be a church who supports our brothers and sisters who go public with their faith and and proclaim the goodness and the greatness of God through their lives. Let's pray for them now as we begin. Father, thank you for this great opportunity in the life of our church family to celebrate with these seven people who are going to be baptized. 
Thank you for the moment of faith when you came into their lives. Thank you for the movement of death to life. Thank you for the momentum of righteousness proclaimed through your reign in their lives. We trust them to you. Be honored, be glorified by what you see and what you hear in this place. May we celebrate as heaven does this morning. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.